0: Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia and with me is my co-host Lon.
1: Hello everybody.
0: Alright Lon, shall we jump into it?
1: Let's jump into it.
0: All right. Do we want to start with Ellie and Victor?
1: So the honeymoon's over, right? When I saw their scene, to me it just seemed like there's you know what everyone refers to was the honeymoon period where everything you see through rose-colored glasses and things like that. And I think when she envisioned this life in the islands and living with him that it would just be paradise. But the stuff they're dealing with now, granted that you know a hurricane and, and and losing your stuff isn't something everyone goes through. I think the drama that they're experiencing is stuff every relationship goes through, and they're handling it pretty poorly right and I think everyone kind of gets frustrated at their partner sometimes. I think everyone maybe snaps at their partner sometimes, and this was I think the first time their relationship has ever been tested mm-hmm. in that way, or it seemed like it it just to me it seemed like this is the first time that they've ever kind of had to deal with this and they're like well we should be you know more understanding and things like this i would think that for as long as maybe that they've dated that they've at least have gone through that maybe the honeymoon period lasted really long and and this is it like welcome to the real relationship now (laughs) right yeah so um the way i interpreted was maybe her first world perspective and first world problems might have been bugging him you know, and, and I don't do yeah. yeah, we don't see everything that the camera shows, but she's over here like, oh, the clothes are wet and we're going to dry the clothes. And he's like, we need a fucking bed to sleep. And what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. over here sweeping water out of the house and she's just like, the clothes are wet. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? The clothes are wet. He's got bigger things.
0: Right. right? He got bigger fish to fry and right. she's like, clothes yeah. need to be dry. And
1: <laughs> having comfortable clothes. Is such a first world thing, right? Like, yeah. whatever, wear the fucking clothes. Like, we'll get new ones or whatever. I'm not thinking about clothes right now. And, you know, that was just kind of a small little thing. But it was one of the th- things that made me think, well, what else was she saying, though? You don't just get bothered or upset. And maybe the situation was very stressful for him, which I can understand. But when she said that, it, 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 it stuck out for me. Like, why did they choose that little thing? And I'm wondering maybe if there's more to it than that if maybe she was saying a lot more and he's just like you shut up about that yeah yeah
0: yeah it comes across as ellie having a stick up her ass about all the petty shit petty (laughs) yeah Yeah. first Um,
1: world problems yeah
0: like i think we're starting to see how overwhelmed and stressed up she is because she's never been put in this situation Mm. so i feel for her And she probably doesn't know how to process it. She doesn't know where to start, how to help. And he's focused on some other things. And she's focused on other stuff she can help with. Because maybe she feels helpless. You know, she wants to contribute. As far as I'm concerned, Lon, they're even Stevens. Even Stevens. Yeah, because she dropped everything to be with him. Whereas he lost everything. Mm-hmm. He almost lost his life.
1: Oh, uh, that's a good way to look at it. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So to me, like, no one owes anyone anything, I feel, right. because, okay, yeah, she gave up her life in Seattle, but he almost lost his life. Like, he mm. lost everything. Right. So to me, they're even.
1: She feels underappreciated, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. I think it's because his attention is survival, right. whereas her focus is relationship building right like i did all these things for you i gave up my business i sold my house what's in it for me you know what have you done for me lately (laughs) (laughs) shout out to janet jackson (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um, Um, and
1: you know and she kept saying that like how would it feel if if you're trying to help someone and they're snapping at you right (laughs) yeah yeah, so I just think, you know, she might feel like she's doing so much or she's trying to do so much and she's trying to help. And he's just at a short fuse and grumbling. Brum, blah, 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 blah. I felt for her too with that. I get it. I have felt underappreciated before and it feels like shit. So I felt bad for her, but I mean, he's going through some traumatic shit right now. So
0: yeah. Like, didn't he say his mom almost died too?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Yikes. Um, just based on that scene alone, it felt like he was being instructional with her, but she took it another way. She felt like he was ordering her around, whereas he wanted her to chill.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He wanted her to sit this one out, but she's like, no, 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 got to dry these clothes. You know, where do we want to put this? She's trying to help, but I think she's probably overwhelmed and stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: They were both short with each other though. I can see both sides. They made a big deal about the water and I don't think he had to snap about that, but I think he was at the end of his rope when she's like, yeah. "We don't have water." And he's like, "We have what the f- we have water." What do you mean we don't have water? You know what I mean? And it just seems such a <laughs> trivial thing. We're surrounded by
0: water. <laughs> yeah, but
1: I get where that can be so annoying like.
0: Yeah. <sighs> it's funny how like it's the small things that trigger people sometimes because they've already built up this pent up frustration inside mm-hmm. them and it just takes that one tone or like that one phrase and then boom triggered yeah.
1: it's not really about the water they made it about yeah. the water. well how was i supposed to know we don't have any water <laughs> <laughs> step back guys this isn't about the water <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> shall we move on to another side of south america and engabao was there even a scene of Evelyn and uh, Corey?
1: It was short.
0: Right? They met?
1: Yeah. And she they, asked him
0: to move back?
1: I guess he convinced her is the way I interpreted it. At first, she was resistant. She was like, well, just because you apologize and stuff doesn't mean, like, my feelings have changed overnight and stuff. Right. And then what she agreed to was you can move in she, i don't know if she said the place or the room next to the door. room
0: next to her yeah yeah but she, then, but he has to pay half the rent
1: he has to pay half the rent and he's like of course she's
0: quick man she's money grabbing faster than you can
1: I. it's funny that you mentioned the money because i saw on, on one of the social feeds that the show kind of plays that up according to evelyn the most she ever took was 200 bucks to open the bar And she didn't want to accept any of his help or any of his things, any of his money. And she's portrayed that way. And I I don't know. I didn't fact check it. But that's what one of the things on the socials said.
0: There was a scene, not this season, but maybe the season before where she asked him to give her money before she flew back to Ecuador. In the
1: car, right? The car ride back. And it
0: was a lot of money. It's not hundreds. It seems like it was a lot more than a couple of hundreds. So I
1: remember that scene too, yeah. She asked to stop by the ATM ATM, or something. ATM, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Already
0: fact-checked. Yeah. (laughs) But again, that could be fake, but I mean, he did take out the money unless she slipped it back into his pocket before she flew off. It just seems like there was a transaction being filmed. Yeah. I don't know. I do want to point out, Lon, that it's so weird how in 90 Day Fiancé universe, it just takes one therapy session to fix everything. (laughs) Does anyone else notice that? Like, it's always like, oh, let's go see a therapist or let's go see a counselor. And then they'll have that one session. And then the episode after that is like, oh, we're good. Yeah. (laughs) We're good. I'm cured.
1: Yeah. All those layers of hurt have been peeled back and we're healed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They will automatically be (laughs) cured. (laughs)
1: oh man Uh,
0: funny how reality TV works anyway (laughs) shall we move on to Beanie and Ari
1: ugh I don't know part of me wants to see it from her side and my whole theory was blown up when she said well you know let's go to Mombasa I'm like oh okay well maybe the bigger picture isn't to stay in America but still you promised that you wouldn't do this to him you promised that you wouldn't take his kid away so for her to finally in that one scene to say that and him just what the fuck are you talking about you told me you wouldn't do this that was hard for me to watch and um i hate to say this because this is so superficial but it's obvious that she let's just say the baby wasn't the only one that got surgery <laughs> in Ooh, the last two months dude.
0: right it's so funny i have uh, my notes here Exactly what you just said. Like, Avi is not the only one who came back from a surgery. Like, yeah. it looks like she did some work on herself, too. Yeah. No, and again, no judgment. I don't care. No yeah, judgment. Care.
1: That's nothing. But, like, I don't know how much that factors into the relationship. Uh, I don't know. I, to me, it's a sign that she's thinking about herself. Let him fucking think about himself for, uh, as well, too, while he's there. And I I get it. I've been in long distance relationships. So I understand how much communication plays a big role. But he's away or excuse me, you're away. He's got to fill his time. But I'm not there. I'm not there to see everything. And she made compelling arguments. So she did make compelling arguments like you're not picking up your phone. He's like, I'm working on music for 14 hours. You're working on music. I get all these things. I see both of their sides. But to me, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to Benny. You know, she's with her family. She has the baby. She's getting cosmetic surgery and all this stuff. Like, you are thriving. Can you stop playing this victim card and saying, oh, our, our relationship's in, in trouble because you're bringing women into the house and having them sleep in our bed? Like, she's making up shit at this point. Granted, some of it, there, there's a bit of truth in there, but she's over-exaggerating what's going on, right? And his wish, his sister, is that his yep. wish? Yep. So wish ratted him out. <laughs> Throw him under the bus.
0: So people thought that it's wish writing him out. But some people interpret that as Wish pissing her off because she went away with the baby. And she's probably saying like, oh, yeah, Bini has moved on. He's okay without you. He's doing okay. That
1: that crossed my mind. That crossed my mind that I was like, well, Wish doesn't like you.
0: Yeah, Wish doesn't like her. Of course,
1: Wish would be like, yeah. He's got some bitches over at the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can leave. Yeah. Th- that was the way I justified that too. Yeah. Like I could see Wish out of spite going, oh yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? like, he got girls up in there. Right. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. And also just to you know, rub salt to the wound, it's technically her house. As much as I hate to agree to that, but we found out that her parents were paying rent. For the house so it, technically it's her house even though it's obviously their house but i can see wish rubbing it in her face like hey my brother is uh doing okay while right. you and your baby are in the u.s so do you think that it's really random she suggested living in mombasa because that that's was another country left field <laughs> yeah dude like yeah. why not ethiopia
1: the entire time I thought the big picture was to stay in America. So yeah. she blew my theory up. Like I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> so she does want to go back, just not to um, Ethiopia, right?
0: But it's so random though. Why not London, UK? Or why not somewhere in the middle? Why not Turkey? Everyone's going there.
1: <laughs> she wants to travel. That's why. She's probably been there already. Yeah. As long as I haven't been to Mumbasa yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, she probably has an agenda there.
1: Yeah, but like if she's trying to differentiate herself from his ex-wife,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she's not doing a great job. You are exactly like his ex-wife and everything that the sisters have said and everything he's been afraid of, you are proving to be true. And you said this entire time, she's like, it's unfair to compare me. I'm not her and yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is exactly this you're is exactly you're helping to realize
0: the prophecy. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah oh well do we want to talk about armando and kenny and their wedding planning
1: so for the wedding planning i, I get armando i'm kind of that way where if you can't do anything about it you can't do anything about it mm. my take on that though so you know armando obviously said well there's nothing we can do about that so what are we think my thing is well it, let's talk about what can be done about it. You're already saying that you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Well, if we can't, obviously, yeah, you can't move the sunset, but you can move certain events. You can move certain events around, right? If the sunset is that important. And right when Armando said, well, all the stuff we want to do, I'd be like, well, let's talk about all the stuff we want to do. What exactly is going to take? I, obviously there's a six hour DJ set. I get it. There's going to be mariachis and dancers, Okay, well, what can we remove? And if we can't remove anything, what can be shortened? Yeah. You, you can make things happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. You can't change the sunset.
0: It does and, stage, though, now that you say it that way, I feel like, yeah, why can't they move stuff He around? couldn't
1: budge? Yeah. yeah. And I would hate to think that Armando is that rigid about, inflexible about the schedule, right? but can you look genuinely hurt though? So Um, I don't know how staged it was. Kenny, if you're a great actor. Don't, (laughs) don't pull them fake tears on us, but (laughs) he looked genuinely hurt. Yeah. Thing about me. I'm big on compromise, right? I'm big on compromise. Sacrifices should be the very last. Sometimes they're needed, but they should be the very, very, very last straw. And I think if there's room for compromise, compromise, and yeah, you, you can't change the sunset, but I would think that there's things in the itinerary that can be moved around, shortened, or taken out, right? Anything I think with, like, kids. (laughs) Oh, I think it would be cute for the kids. not take it out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Or at least shorten the cocktail hour, you know?
1: See, I like cocktails. That would be a big no for me.
0: (laughs) But if you really want the sunset, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you really want the sunset, then shorten whatever is happening before the exchange of vows and everything six so hour
1: dj set that's a bit much
0: that's after i, I am think.
1: partied out like if the dj set is really that good come on six hours of it <laughs> i mean you you can cut down a little bit yeah to, to make way for the sunset which is the one ask anyway it's not my wedding so <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i'm over so here it- trying to make edits to it but I-
0: I might be getting it wrong, but are they starting later or are they starting earlier and then accommodating that six-hour DJ set? What is so the deal here? Like, why the, can't they do the sunset wedding?
1: They can't do the sunset wedding because the sunset takes place at a specific time at night, which is like 5, 6 p.m. Yep. Right. Yeah. Things close at midnight. That's it. That's the cutoff, midnight. Okay. And you can't go. He was like, so we can't go until 3 a.m.? No, because of COVID. So you have a six-hour DJ set Dare I mean, things end at midnight. So you're already going over, right? Like it's going to be 11 p.m. when that's just the set. That's just the DJ set uh, alone.
0: So the excuse they used was that, oh, the DJ set is six hours. So it's like from midnight, you minus out six hours.
1: Yeah. The DJ is going to be there for six hours. But yeah. I think what he said was a six-hour reception. Um ah. but the DJ needs to be there for six hours, but it's actually six hour reception, and the DJ will be
0: playing doing, music, doing his thing. Right.
1: And he said, Well, you know, everything we wanted to do. And that's the thing is it's going to take, I don't know, costume changes, which I get. My brother during his wedding, her family is Chinese and Vietnamese, and they had two or three different costume changes. They had these cool dragons coming out. So, you know, in, in Mexico, I'm thinking there's there's gonna be live music, there's yeah, gonna be mariachi other things. I don't know. Right. So I get that. I get that things like that happen. And if they want all of that, then it has to start at a certain time. So it can't start at five, which is when the sunset is, if it starts Mm -hmm. at five, that means everything gets pushed up. And if that's the case, then all the stuff that they want to do, it's not going to end by midnight, but it has to. So it has to start earlier for them to fit it in before midnight then it has to start earlier. And if it starts earlier, the sun won't be setting. There you go. Roundabout way of going. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm more concerned or rather I was more disturbed by Kenny's reaction towards Armando's dad not coming to their wedding. Because when me and my fiance were watching the scene and just hearing how Kenny rejected the idea of him not coming. It was kind of came across sort of belligerent. Again, remember, Lonnie, we talked about this, right? It's like people asserting their first world slash American values onto a very conservative, very religious family slash society. And I have to say, and also my fiance felt the same way too. We felt disappointed that Kenny... He's so stubborn that he couldn't see that the dad was feeling uncomfortable. And he kept using this word further along. We all thought that he was further along. Mm. It may appear that way. But I think, again, going back to the theme of baby stepping, you know, it's your dad. And I think you should give him a pass. Give him a I don't know what you would call that pass. I know we talked about cultural pass during our last recording, but I feel like with Armando Sr., you definitely have to
1: generational pass or something. Right.
0: Generational pass. Exactly. There we go. Lon here with coining all this. (laughs) There's a gap there
1: that can't be bridged quite yet. You know, he's not ready to cross that bridge.
0: Yeah. I can see how frustrating it is for Kenny and Amando to go through this, right? Because they're like, well, everyone else accepts us. Why doesn't he? And to go a step further, Kenny, you know, given how old he is, he has gone through this stigma back in the U.S. growing up. And he probably struggled with people having to accept him for who he is. And then now, now that he's much older and he's now living in Mexico and He's reliving all this all over again. Mm -hmm. I can definitely empathize. I can definitely see how this is like bullshit, right? Because he has to go through the same whole like, oh, please accept me for who I am of please accept me and my partner for who we are. And it's exhausting. I get it. I get it. The LGBTQIA community is probably exhausted from having to convince people that they're just humans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, love is love. But I really think with his dad, you know, and this is no stranger. This is, you you know, Armando's dad. With his dad, you definitely have to give him that pass, that generational Mm. pass. So I I wish he was less belligerent about it and maybe see it as a small win. I don't Mm. know. So that was my big takeaway from their scene during the last episode. Not so much about the wedding planning because I thought that was really trivial. And like you said, right, things can be moved around or something can be shortened. But I was definitely more focus on that particular part where he was mm. disappointed about his dad not wanting to come.
1: But um, what did you think though about Armando wanting it? Cause I think maybe Kenny is also having Armando's back. Right. Um, Armando really wants this.
0: Yes. I believe Armando wants it too, but I think Kenny pushing it um, mm. kind of influences Armando's reactions too. Because when Armando told him the news, he was like, what? I thought we were further along. Mm. And then it's like Armando is just parroting or maybe just being influenced by Kenny's reaction and how things should turn out. And I think I want to think that he's influenced, but I also think that he does want his dad to be there. So obviously he's probably even more disappointed, but I wouldn't think that he would force his dad. Right. That's my take on that whole scene right there.
1: Yeah, for me, I could see Armando wanting to force it, though, only because he was led to believe that the father was going to be supportive. And regardless of where Kenny stands on it, the father told him, so it's almost like you're giving me false hope. You're mm. saying you're going to do this. And now at the last minute, you're going to, well, not the last minute. There's still, you know, what, 12 days or something? Yeah. I forget how far out it is. But now you're going to tell me this after all the emotions we shared and we cried about it. And you gave me a hug and I'm your son. But then the wedding day, when he really drove the point home where I said, this isn't going to happen again. You don't get and to redo said, this.
0: I'll catch you another time. I'll, ca- I'll catch you the next time. Or yeah, I'll attend your you next wedding.
1: You don't get to redo something like this. So, yeah, um, I really do hope that the father comes around. For me, I never dreamed of weddings like that. And I think, obviously, for Kenny and Armando, it's probably a a much bigger deal that their family make it. I just never really prioritized weddings that way. But I'm heterosexual male. Like, we're known, right? (laughs) We're almost expected not to give a shit about weddings. To me, it was like, if a family member can't make it, they can't make it. I'm not going to force anyone to be like, you better be at my wedding. So I was almost just like dismissive. Like, well, whatever. yeah, whatever. Don't sweat it. If he's not going to be there, he's not going to be there. But I could see how important this could be, especially for Ian Armando that he makes it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of wedding. Yeah. Someone just proposed to someone. Gross. <laughs> Gross
1: gross we're talking about steven with a v
0: yeah oh, with a v. oh my god the renaissance man <laughs> clearly you're not impressed i'm guessing and i can understand why because <laughs> i was slightly impressed because i thought okay romantic but are you really gonna romance her out of your cheating and lying and is that what it is right now like you're gonna gift her to death you're gonna keep giving gifts and try to counteract all the bad shit that you've done to sabotage your relationship is this what we're seeing like a manipulation of
1: exactly that's the word i'm looking for or not looking for but that's the word i'm using as well yeah the flashiness of the gifts the big proposals the playing the piano they would all seem so much sweeter but they just don't seem genuine they seem manipulative even when he gave the book of mormon when he put it in the bag He even worded it that way, that he packed these little surprises in case things went shitty or things went south, that he would have these things, right? And I'm just like, these are safety net gifts because you know shit's going to blow up and you have these little safety net gifts that you're going to use to manipulate her into forgiving you or whatever, or have her forgive you into marrying you again, or or falling in love again. They're not sincere. And yeah, I'm not impressed at all because that doesn't erase any of what he did.
0: Nope, still a douchebag.
1: Yeah, it's still a douchey. And you know what? Alina's a sucker.
0: Yeah, <laughs> She's dude. a sucker, dude. Dude, dude, dude. To be fair, <laughs> though. Like, come on, be, Alina. To be fair, I feel for her because yeah, if someone asked 20 year old me, you know, wanna take me out for ice cream, I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then give me a book that has a flower hardcover. Yeah, okay. That's cute. Like, I can see how she's easily impressed. And that shows mm-hmm. her immaturity. That shows how young she is. It's like, I feel bad for her because all of us are watching this and we're like, what the fuck are you doing, Helena?" He just confessed. Like, he showed you all those messages where he flirted with other girls. Yeah. Like, are you just going to forget about it?
1: Yeah. What? And even when he showed her the messages, that was a manipulation. It backfired. But he thought... That if he showed her the messages that she would think it was innocent and she would go, oh, is that all? You don't have to delete your social media. He was doing everything in his power right. not to delete his social yeah, media. Trying yeah, trying to buy time. Yeah.
0: yeah, Even
1: though he gave her his word that he would, which was a manipulation in itself. He was buying himself more time. Yep. He didn't want to delete it. He said he would to buy himself time and manipulate her even more into, into giving him another shot. But when it came down to it, he wasn't going to do it. Yeah, he wasn't going to do it. And then he showed her the messages thinking that she would say, oh, it's just innocent stuff and you don't have to delete. And no, it backfired because, yeah, he's obviously flirting. And she's like, what the fuck? No, why are you (laughs) delete that shit now? (laughs) And he's like, oh.
0: So I've scoured the internet and a lot of people are asking the very same question that I'm pondering as well. Why do you think someone like, Alina would go for Steven, knowing that he has this history of multitasking with other girls and, I mean, cheating on her, essentially, right? Because he didn't take their long-distance relationship seriously. He slept with other girls. He asked her to stay a virgin while, you know, he goes fucking around with other people. So, like, what's in it for Alina? Do you think she's motivated by the green card or is she just a sucker for an american boy that speaks russian like so for what is me it-
1: for me from the guy perspective and the guy that i was one of those guys that was like i'm a nice guy i'm a nice guy which makes me sick now cuz i'm just like ooh cuz anyway <laughs> so growing up as being the victimized nice guy the way that i perceive it and have perceived it for a while is the whole like bad boy trope, right? There's, mm. there's a few things going on here. Mm. Bad boy trope, and I'm not a woman. So obviously I'm, I might be speaking out of pocket, but nice guys, quote unquote, we see all these guys doing shitty things and then women loving it and eating it up. And that's not your fault. Maybe women are young, maybe, I don't know. I'm not a woman, but that's from the nice guy victim mindset. That's what we see. And we're like, right. why is it? Why is my being nice not enough? Right, It's gross now because I can kind of see where so-called nice guys are not really nice. They're not really altruistic in their niceness. They expect things. So I get why there's negativity associated with that. However, from someone who at least thought I was a genuine nice guy, at least for some of that shit, right? we always wonder, well, what is it? What is it? And it's the bad boy, the whole bad boy trope, right? It's can I change him? Can I change them? Mm -hmm. If he's so bad. I think, again, coming from <laughs> from my nice guy perspective, that women would rather date a bad boy who's exciting that can be nice hmm. than a nice guy who's boring and can be bad once in a while, right? At least okay, when, okay, when, yeah. when you're younger, at least when you're younger, it's more exciting that way.
0: Yep, yep, I can verify. Yeah,
1: at least when you're younger, it's more exciting that way. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is that Could it be that you feels like you're winning a prize that it feels like of all the people that he's slept with, he's desirable. If all these women are sleeping with him or want to hook up with him, he's, he's desirable, but guess what? He picked me and he loves me. And he's saying all these sweet things to me. And at the end of the day, it's me. And then maybe women feel prized or they feel like they are winning something and I think that goes both ways because I've also been in that situation where fucked up shit's been done and I'm like man this is fucked up I would never and then they're like but it's you and I love you and all of a sudden I'm like yeah yeah like I feel like I'm the winner or that I have won do I mean so yeah my two cents
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know what to say I, I mean I've already said it during our last week's episode young love you know Young love. She, it, to young love attributed to young yeah it's young love man that's all i have to say young love all right so we've come to the end well no we have one more couple to cover and that's lon's favorite <laughs> in quotes jenny and submit <laughs> who needs to commit
1: <laughs> submit needs to commit so for me uh it was very entertaining
0: you, which think- part the diarrhea flex or, Sumit's so mom and her diarrhea flex? For me, I was worried that if we were to believe that Jenny had diarrhea, I was so worried that when she did yoga, some yeah. explosion in her pants could have happened <laughs> there, or you know something, right? Because
1: do you think they were out of pocket to maybe oh, suspect she was faking it and like say say hey. You know get out I, you're not yeah
0: sick. that's a that's a boomer move man when you like <laughs> it's totally like fucking are boomers sick? are you sick no you're not dead you can yeah. still do yoga Yeah, <laughs> i like when the
1: mom's like i'm that age i could do it i'm better yeah.
0: but you were a yoga instructor though. yes like, oh.
1: yeah and you have been doing this like, right. it's
0: like <laughs> but then i like, i wrote here on my notes Is Jenny the only white girl in India that does not do yoga? Strange. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, but you know what I mean? Like, no, of course. It's like, yeah, she's in (laughs) India and she's white and she doesn't do yoga. But anyway, (laughs) I was thinking about eat, pray, love for some reason. But anyway, is that a boomer mindset or a capitalistic mindset where you're like, oh, you're sick? Okay, well. Too bad, so sad. You still got to do some work, some housework. Yeah.
1: I just maybe think they didn't believe her. They probably thought she was faking it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. To me, with the context and the mom not liking her already, I could already see the mom kind of thinking, nah, you're going to fucking do this, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So I kind of see that. And I was like, is that a little rude or out of pocket that's why i asked that question that was the perception i got was just the mom just doesn't like jenny so when submit's S- S- going to be like oh well she's sick. she wasn't feeling well and she's like well even even better that she comes out and does it you know yeah it was the nose flossing <laughs> that oh my was god like, yeah this is something i've never seen before <laughs>
0: like, what? when they did that i was thinking is this even necessary yeah, to showcase like what? What are they flexing here? They're... And they
1: kept gagging. That just kept making me more sick. Yeah, blah,
0: blah,
1: blah. If, you, if, like...
0: <laughs> if you guys watch Pillow Talk, every single cast member or cast couples, if you want to call it, were covering their eyes. No one could stomach that scene because it was just gross. Nobody wants to see you gag. It makes me gag so strong
1: imagery
0: and strong imagery warning (laughs) there that yeah, the TLC should have given us that, yeah, it's very like bulimic, anorexic type of move, right? Like when you like trying to Uh, stick your finger in the mouth, putting your hand in there, yeah, it's like gagging,
1: oh, yeah. And the thing too was what made me wonder was, was this like camera gold, right? Was this not even planned and then this happened. And then the producer, the director, and the, the cameraman were like, Get it, get it, <laughs> like, <laughs> shoot it. Yeah, they're all mm. <laughs> like, Whoa, this is nuts, you know. And I was hey, like, Hey,
0: hey, hey, dude, check out what they're doing right now. Oh my god, I this was is like, sick. I,
1: Yeah, I wonder if they were just like, Oh, this is just gonna go man. through the roof with the ratings. <laughs> yeah,
0: our boss is gonna like that. We captured this, they're gonna love it. Yeah, <laughs> very moment. Yeah. We've oh, got man. a treat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like. Sumit should have at least defended her. Unless Sumit doesn't think that she's sick. Unless she's faking all this. Maybe that's why Sumit's like, yeah, she's not sick. It's her usual bathroom break in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I he feel- doesn't do enough, though.
0: No, he doesn't. he
1: doesn't. No, he doesn't.
0: He doesn't defend her, man. I was mad at him for that. His episodes See? with
1: his parents, he's just... He's making her fend for herself. He's yeah. not stepping up. and Totally threw her. her under the bus. Yeah.
0: Another douchebag move right there. I don't like how, I guess this is nothing I can do about it, but in like those type of families, you do have to perform gender roles like cleaning the kitchen, doing the housework, waking up early to make breakfast. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, Jenny's going to have a tough time if she really wants to be part of Sumi's family. I'm assuming they're still together, so I'm surprised.
1: She stuck it out. She's a trooper. <laughs> I'd have gone already. Yeah, dude. When you marry somebody, especially in his culture, where they're, the expectation that they're going to live with you, I would have been like, peace. Peace out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you in the
0: next life. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> No thanks. Hard pass. Not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but not Jenny. Jenny, no. uh, she's a trooper. She uh, she represents hard. Yeah. (laughs) And good for you, Jenny. Anyway, Lon, we finally come to the end of episode 10 of 90 Day Fiancé The Other Way. Season three. What is your WTF moment?
1: Nose flossing. I'm glad we saved that one for last. I don't know if anything can top can really top that this entire season. (laughs) Nothing.
0: Nothing, dude. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Same here is the nose floss for me and the spitting on the floor and reusing the sutra. Uh, we used <laughs> Listeners, Lon is about to gag. Oh, <laughs> He's about gosh. to throw up his dinner. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry, Lon. Oh, my That's why gosh. I haven't eaten yet because I know I'm about to think about it and I I would totally gag. Like, I would lose my appetite. Man, they were struggling to even... I don't know how you do that. Oh, mm. Yeah. Damn you, TLC. Damn you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Unforgettable.
0: Totally unforgettable. (laughs) In a bad way.
1: (laughs) Cannot (laughs) unsee.
0: I also wonder if, is it worse? I think it's worse than Stephen trying to like maneuver around his cheating ways and his lying and his bad rendition of his own song. Because I was like, that's a close second. Yeah. But this is definitely WTF. Like the moment the pillow talk cast cringe in an epic proportion type of way, yeah, you yeah. know that's WTF.
1: This is WTF, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, Lon, I figured we can drop some WTF tea.
1: Tea time.
0: Tea time. So because we've recently celebrated Halloween, I have some Halloween related news. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Paul of you know Paul and Karini. Paul's mom refused to see her grandchildren and host them for Halloween.
1: His mom?
0: Yeah, his mom refused to see her grandkids, Paul's kids, obviously. For Halloween and he ranted about it on his IG story, and that's how we came to find out. I but thought we, she really liked the kids. I thought so too, but she must really hate him if that's she gave yeah. his kids, right? Yeah. So what we also found out from that IG story is that Karini is in college. Good for her. I know. But Paul's mom, according to Paul, wants her to drop out. What? Yeah.
1: Here's the thing: I don't trust him. I don't trust the word he says. So let me rewind, right? I think maybe she wants to see the kids. She just doesn't want to see him. True. And maybe he's like, oh, it must be the kids. Nah, she don't want to see you. Yeah. (laughs) And if the kids are part of that package, then she's like, you know what?
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's like, this is a small sacrifice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So was there any context about why she doesn't want um, Karina to go to college?
0: No, I mean, obviously what we found out is one-sided, right? It's only from Paul's if that's you know, the case, IG I story. You. Yeah, exactly. I'm skeptical for sure. All right. So long, it's Movember, which means it's a month to be aware or raise awareness for men's health, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to mental health and suicide prevention, as well as other types of men-related cancer like prostate, testicular cancer Mm. I want to touch briefly on the mental health portion but I'm not sure if you want to you know I want to tie it into the podcast that you mentioned on the Burari deaths yeah Uh, let's do it so our dear friend here Lon recommended all of us to watch this Netflix docuseries on the death of 11 family members who and by the way before I give all this away, if you haven't watched it, go watch it first. I mean, pause our podcast and go to Netflix, find House of Secrets, The Burari Deaths, if I'm not wrong. Go watch the three episodes. They're like 40 minutes in each. It's very digestible. It, it's disturbing. Trigger um,
1: warning, they show crime scene footage.
0: Right. So I wasn't aware of this, but apparently this thing spread like wildfire. Because, so again, uh, the TLDR version of this, there was a family, three generations worth of uh, family members all hanged themselves or found hung uh, in their homes, uh, no sign of breaking and entering. And when you watch the first two episodes of this docuseries, you thought, okay, there's definitely foul play. The entire family was being portrayed as happy, They're high-functioning, they call it, right? High-functioning members of society. They're sort of middle class. Just months ago, they were celebrating one of their nieces, the younger women in the family's uh, engagement. And everything seems to be all nice and everything's going well. They're prospering. And then boom, a neighbor found them all dead, asphyxiated from hanging from the roof of their house in New Delhi. And again, just providing TLDR version of this because I encourage all of you to go watch the series. In the last episode, we found out that the mastermind behind all of this is, Lon, maybe I'm doing a bad job here, but it was one of the adults in the family that happens to be the youngest brother of patriarch family, I guess who somehow convinced them to perform a ritual and it's called the Banyan Tree Ritual. They were encouraged to do that because he apparently was possessed by his dad who had passed away, but had somehow possessed his body. And the dad has been given the family instructions on how to live their life, which is the reason why they think they're prosperous is because their grandfather, the patriarch of the family, was looking after them that way. And for them to have him back, they were instructed to perform this ritual, which is to be hung like the roots of a banyan tree in a circle in order to see the dead or in order to have the grandfather come back and rescue them. But things went awry and all of them were dead.
1: And when we say ritual, it's a loose term. It's not a ritual where this is something established and that other people have done this before and that it's been practiced as tradition. It's completely original, a ritual that was invented and made up by somebody in the family.
0: Right, right. (laughs) And
1: uh, yeah, and if you are to believe how they believe that it it was the dead grandfather speaking through the son.
0: Yeah. And why I'm tying this to Movember and to the whole mental health awareness thing is because they think that he had, can I say psychological problem, Lon? I'm no expert in like diagnosing people, obviously, but it's definitely a mental health issue because Mm -hmm. this person had a bike accident where he hit his head really hard. That could potentially be a concussion that was left untreated. And then there was an incident too where He was locked inside a warehouse, a plywood warehouse, and the employer burnt the warehouse. So he was Mm -hmm. on the verge of death and there were plywoods falling on him. And because of that traumatic incident, he lost his voice.
1: For a long time. For
0: a long time.
1: Like three years, he couldn't speak or something like that. Right. Some weird number like that. Yeah.
0: Right. And it's not voice box related for some reason. The filmmaker did a good job at interviewing trauma doctors or something. And the filmmaker asked the doctor, could it be the larynx? Is that what you call it? The voice Mm -hmm. box, right? And he said, no, not really. It's not that he totally lost his voice. It was probably like a trauma, traumatic for him to experience. And he probably lost his voice because of that. And then fast forward to, I don't know how many years later, the father passed away, right? The patriarch of the family passed away. They were chanting some prayers and when the family stopped chanting, this person continued and they were shocked because they're like, oh my God, his voice is back. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they somehow tie it to like this mystical thing where the dad is probably like possessing him and he would talk in his dad's voice. He would call his own mom by her name because that's how the dad would talk to the mom His mannerisms and
1: movements would also change and mimic his his fathers, right? Right,
0: right. And then from then on, he kept a journal where he wrote in a very instructional fashion on how the family should live under the same roof. And for 11 years, the family prospered because of how they abide by these rules by the patriarch, right? Then this happened. So, I don't know, Lon, maybe you do a better job at explaining what the outcome is, what transpired to lead to this.
1: Right. So the way the stage is set up is they walked or someone discovered them and they are they are all hung in a very particular fashion, uh, which is similar to what they call the banyan tree, where the the leaves and the branches hang down and they droop downward. And the family members were hanging from some kind of grill or some metal grate that's on the ceiling. Their hands were bound. And I think their mouths were also gagged.
0: Yeah, Um, Yeah, and there were cotton buds (laughs)
1: very specific things yeah elaborate Um, yeah very elaborate stuff but there were some inconsistencies which you know which delves into the whole true crime aspect of it because when you come upon this at first it could be suicide but then if there's inconsistencies that means maybe these people could have been murdered it could have been staged Uh, Maybe one of the family members lied and manipulated them into doing so, which could also rule out suicide because that's homicide if somebody tells you to do something and ends up killing you. So very interesting stuff. A lot of questions come to surface. I think they come to a conclusion. I want to save that for you all, actually, to watch it yourselves and make your own conclusions and ask your own questions. I think that's part of the I don't want to say fun. (laughs) That's not right. right. That's not the right word to use. It's part of exploring that mystery and part of maybe questioning if this was mystical, if this was mental health. Because some very well could argue, well, yeah, well, if the voice of the patriarch is speaking through the sun, why wouldn't they listen? And it worked. They prospered, right? So who are we then to say it's bullshit? The guy was fucking crazy. And he had a mental break and he said, you know what? I'm a control freak and I want you to do as I say. And in order for me to accomplish this, I'm going to tell you that it's my dad speaking through me because that's how cults work as well. Right?
0: right. Yeah. They
1: claim some higher power is speaking through them. So there's all kinds of shit you can really explore. Right. And as you know, we were already going down the rabbit hole just <laughs> just by kind of summarizing yeah, what this is about, but. Definitely recommend this film. And if, if you want more about it, uh, the, the podcast I actually listened to, shout out to Rotten Mango. Yep. Um, Rotten Mango, I think it's episode 104. Somebody had written us and asked about it. It's one of my favorite true crime podcasts and they do a pretty good dive. I wouldn't call it deep because I think the host of that podcast also goes into deep dives, but it's very interesting and she has a lot of information on it.
0: Yeah, I want to... Give a quick plug to, I think it's called Our Stupid Reaction YouTube channel. They did a review of this docuseries from a technical perspective, how the story is being told. And they did a reactionary video to, uh, or they covered their reaction while they watched every episode. And I thought that was very fascinating. I encourage people to watch it on their own because I don't think I did a good job of retelling everything that I've watched. I might have missed certain things. But I also don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil the... the We got to save some of it for them. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason why I want to bring it up is because it ties into the theme of mental health awareness, you know, Movember. And also, Lon, I think when you mentioned the whole cult thing, right? Like I drew parallels to Midnight Mass as Mm. well, right? Mm -hmm. And how everyone like in that same vicinity follows a... A, a shepherd and that shepherd tells them this and they believe it. And that's how you managed to convince everyone of some atrocity and they bought it, even though you'll find out that, you know, the family members, they were all well-educated.
1: Mm-hmm. I think one
0: of them had a sociology master's yeah. degree, which you is what You would like expect
1: them to know better is the right. thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's why like we both think that there must be some mystical Thing at play here, because with all their knowledge, right, all their modern, contemporary knowledge of you know how the world works, they still chose to.
1: They didn't, yeah.
0: Yeah, they still chose to go ahead with this. It's just mind blowing. It just goes to show the mind is easily manipulated. Some people can be that weak to where they would f- follow a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. Or cult. To leader. be fair,
1: though, what you mentioned earlier is somebody could have been there with a gun and said, I need you to fucking do this. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's, <laughs> We that's haven't like, rolled out that possibility, folks. That's my theory. <laughs> I'm a skeptic, right? After watching the documentary, I'm still like, oh, okay. Well, I was content with their finding. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, no. Because I start going down the rabbit hole and I watch all the interviews with their surviving relatives, people who – who were not involved in this, but who knew the family really well. And they were like, no, 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 that's not his handwriting. That's not them. That's not her. That cannot be this. That's listeners. You guys have to really watch it for yourself. Watch it. (laughs) And then email us about it. (laughs) Email us, let us know. DM DM us about it. So, yeah.
1: Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by giving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents. Or on Patreon at WTF Extra. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 dayfiancewtf WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. You can find me on Instagram at Lon underscore like That's L-A-N. Underscore like underscore L-A-W-N. Um, and I'll have um, a link tree to uh, all our links there
0: If it's not too much to ask listeners, like, subscribe, follow and most importantly, share and spread the word on this podcast so we can grow our community and and happy Native American Heritage Month, y'all
1: like, share, follow, subscribe said so dark